Today we want to talk about the election of 2016. Marcus started us on this last week, and he did a good job. But I want to take it a little bit further today. He's a young guy, and so I'll let the old man really clean up here. I can say some stuff that he might not feel comfortable saying. You're not going to fire me. I'm going to try not to offend anybody, but I'll probably fail. Just stick with me, all right? You'll see where we're going. Are we having fun yet, people, in this election cycle? Are, are you enjoying this thing? This is, I mean, they, they seem like they start earlier and earlier, and they're getting stupider and stupider, if that's a word. Are we having fun? I'm not. This is, it's crazy. Let's just for a moment think about where we are today. In 2016, we have Iran who tells us that they hate us and they want to get a nuclear weapon. Seriously. You don't think that they just want to have that for the fun of it, do you? They literally want to bomb the U.S. with a nuclear weapon. ISIS cutting the heads off of Christians, saying that they hate the West. Every time you turn on the television, you're hearing about a bombing someplace. North Korea, same thing. They're testing rockets to see how far they can shoot, to see if they can get to the U.S. Our national debt is like over $19 trillion. The problem is, people, do you know what the difference between a billion and a trillion is? One letter. You change the B to a T and you call it good. Right? It's TR, but we won't count it. You get to what I'm saying here. These numbers are staggering. $19 trillion. Just to put it in perspective, people, our best year ever in terms of a surplus of money coming into the government was under Bill Clinton. We got almost a quarter of a trillion dollars more than we spent one year. And then we went right back to overspending. To pay off the national debt, it would take 80 years of what we did one time. Our infrastructure in this country is crumbling. Do I need to tell you about the roads in Michigan? The bridges in this country? And the politicians are telling us there's no money to fix all the things, the water systems, like we had the problem we have in Flint. It's just collapsing around us. What about the educational crisis in this country? We've got teachers who are doing their best, teaching their hearts out 
in a system where American students are continually falling behind the rest of the world, the industrialized world. This is a problem that's going to affect us for generations. And in this mess, we've got politicians who refuse to work together on even the simplest things. Yeah, yeah, I get it. We've got big problems, and they can't agree on the big problems. They can't even agree on the little ones. Now let's look at the answer to these problems. Major issues in this country. Everything I said and a lot more. We just summarized some of the big ones. There's a lot more in uh, problems in this country. And what is the solution that our country's looking at? Bernie Sanders, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, Ted Cruz. That's the solution we've got. Two hundred million people in this country who are eligible to run for president. I think we need to change our constitution and allow outsiders to come in. We gotta increase the pool here or something. Because out of two hundred million people, this is the best we've got. Look at the gutter tactics that are being used in this election cycle to get elected. The childishness. Did you ever think you would see this level of childishness? Locker room talk that would have gotten us in trouble when we were kids. Played out on live national television. Grab your worship order, flip it over, there's some blank lines there. Let me give you some suggestions for this election cycle. Number one. Hold on. <laughs> Number one, be informed. Now, what do I mean by this? Listen, it is impossible for us to keep up with every issue in an election. From president all the way down to local dog catcher. You just can't be informed on everything. You can't. But listen, we can be better informed than we are. We really can be. We should be informed on the big issues. How many of you knew that Ted Cruz is a Southern Baptist like we are? A couple of you, a few of you. Ted Cruz is a Southern Baptist. To which I say, so what? We're not electing somebody to a religious position. And I'm not going to vote for the man simply because, well, he's Southern Baptist, so am I. There you go, he's got my vote. No, you got to be informed. Not just who he is, but what does he believe? What does he stand for? And it's, it's ridiculous for people just to vote for something. Well, I like him because he's a, he's a Southern Baptist, or I like her because she's a woman. We can do better than that. Be informed. 
But be informed means you need to know what you're talking about. Are you kidding me? You ever hear people talking in this election cycle? Have you even picked up a newspaper? Do you even watch the news? We don't need to be voting out of ignorance. Be informed about what's going on. Your vote matters, but it won't matter if you're stupid. Oh, did I say I was going to make somebody? Oh, sorry. It won't matter if you're being foolish. How's that? Does that matter? Be informed. Come on. Number two. Be fair. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, it means a couple of things. Did you see this week, this past week, that Hillary Clinton was trying to ride the subway and she was having trouble getting her Metro Pass to work, getting it to swipe? It made all the news. It took her like five times to get her little card to swipe. People were making fun of her for that. Now, I'm not sure how important that is to be the leader of the free world. When was the last time that you went into the voting booth and you saw the... Yeah, but I don't know. Can they swipe a Metro Pass? But did you notice... There were several people on the news who were not Hillary fans. And they said, you know what? I have trouble with those stupid things too. That's what I'm talking about. Be fair. Because I was riding the Metro in in, uh, New York and I couldn't get the dumb thing to work. Okay? Be fair. And if other people are having the same problem, do we really think that we need to make an issue about that and make fun of somebody? Because I just don't know why it matters if Hillary Clinton can swipe a Metro Pass or whether John Kasich eats his pizza with a fork. Right? We have serious problems, people. It's time for us to start being serious. And if a politician has some good ideas about how to fix our country, I don't think I'm going to care if he eats with his feet. Right? We complain about how stupid the process is, and yet we're getting engaged at that level. And we need to tell them, stop it. I don't care about this stupid stuff. Be fair. Does that stuff matter? Here's another one, though. Have you noticed that with the passing of Antonin Scalia, now we have an opening on the Supreme Court? The Democrat president has nominated someone to fill that seat. (coughs) But the Republicans have said, we're not going to vote on anybody until we get another president. And the Democrats are all up in arms and saying, oh, that's just not right. President has nominated somebody. It's the Senate's responsibility to confirm them. Except all you have to do is go back about eight years 
when the roles were reversed and you had a Republican president and a Democratic Senate. And they were saying exactly the opposite thing. And they're all just, oh, this is horrible. Yeah, it's horrible now, but it wasn't when you were saying the exact same thing as the other side. You know why? Because they're all being hypocrites. All of them. Why is it that these candidates this time are just, oh, oh, he's lying, he's lying, he's a liar. And then you turn around and you find that that guy's lying. Evidently, lying's only wrong when somebody's lying about you. But when you're doing the lying, well, that's okay. Be fair. If your candidate, the person that you're supporting, is lying, call them on it. Don't just look the other way. We get all upset when he's lying about my candidate. Well, if lying's wrong, then lying's wrong no matter who does it. We need to say that. And for goodness sake, don't you be lying. And that's another reason why you need to be informed. Because if you don't know what's going on, you might be lying about something and you don't even realize it. Because you're just passing along something that you heard that you didn't check out for yourself. Do you like it when people lie about you? No, then don't do it for somebody else. Because lying is wrong even when you're doing it to support your candidates. When you're trying to further a political cause. How many of us get mad when politicians lie to us? Bottom line, people, you want to know why they lie to us? Because there's no repercussions when they do. They get away with it. And you know what we say? We come down with a firm, hard, everybody does it. Right? Well, everybody does it. You can't say anything about this one because that one does it too. They all do it. No. It's wrong. And maybe with the candidates that we're supporting, when they find out we will not support them if they keep lying, maybe they'll get the message. Be fair. Number three. Be gracious. What do I mean by that? I've seen people who say you can't be a Christian and support Donald Trump. Have you heard that one? One rapper actually called for a Trump supporter to be gang-raped by black men. Did you see that one? Death threats to people that we don't agree with. You understand our relationships in this country are not to be based on complete political agreement. That's what's made our country great is that people who disagree politically can still get along. You see, somebody who votes the wrong way from what you think they ought to do, that person's still a brother or sister in Christ, aren't they? And face it, folks, if God can love Republicans, then I guess we should too. You see, we need to speak the truth, but we need to speak the truth graciously. 
Be passionate. Go ahead. I want you to be passionate. There's nothing wrong with that. But be gracious in your passion. Don't be angry about all of this. Just remember, not everybody is as smart as you are. They may not see it the way you do. Be Christian with those people who disagree with you. Number four, be hopeful. That's a tough one, isn't it? Be hopeful to listen to some people. Oh, America's doomed if we elect Donald Trump. America's going to hell if we elect Hillary Clinton. How about if I let you in on a simple truth this morning? America is doomed. And the election hasn't even happened. We're doomed not because we choose the wrong person. We're doomed because we've rejected God. That's our problem. God is not going to judge us for electing the wrong person. God is going to judge us for rejecting Him. Our hope today is not in a person who runs for office or somebody who gets elected. Our hope today is in God. Our hope is not in America. Our hope is in a God who existed long before America existed and long after America is gone, God will still be here. You see, today we talk as if our ultimate hope is found in government. And yet the Bible teaches that God is the one who raises up and takes down leaders. Our hope is in God. Our children, our grandchildren should see us engaged in the process even as we trust God no matter who wins, no matter what happens. Don't forget that eight short years ago there were people who were talking about the end of America if Obama got elected. And yet we're still here. And God's still on His throne, isn't He? Putting our hope in government, putting our hope in a country, putting our hope in a politician, there's one word for that. It's called idolatry. We are not to put our hope in people. Our hope is in God. Number five, be in prayer. Be in prayer. What do I mean by that? Well, first, get informed and then pray about it. Listen to me. Don't sit there in your ignorance and ask God to show you what to do when you're uninformed. What, do you think God's going to pour information into your empty head? Investigate, research, find out what's going on, and then when you have all this information, you pray. God, what am I supposed to do with this stuff? How am I supposed to process all this information? 
get informed and then ask God for guidance. But we don't just use our ability to investigate, to be informed, and then use our own reasoning. We ask God to open our minds. Ask God in prayer, who would you have me to vote for? How can I make the best informed decision as a Christian? What? We think we're supposed to bring everything under the lordship and the leadership of Christ except for this. No. Everything in our life is supposed to be under the guidance of God. Pray about it. Number six. Be the light. What do I mean by that? There is so much stuff floating around out there. So much of this stuff is simply not true. Even the stuff that's, that is true has been slanted so much it's not true. In this dark environment, be the light. If you're voting your Christian principles, then by all means, tell people why you're voting the way you're voting. Well, I'm voting for Donald Trump, and if you don't vote for him, you're an idiot. No. It's not how it's done. Now, if you want to look at me and say I'm supporting Donald Trump, because I believe in his position on national security and securing our borders, okay. At least that's a reason. You got something to back up your vote. Be the light. It's not very helpful just to call people names because of their choice. Today we have a phenomenon. They're called low-information voters. People that know how to vote, they have no idea why they're voting the way they do. Because they always vote Republican or they always vote Democrat. And when you hear people talking this election cycle, you'll hear people who absolutely do not know what they're talking about. Be the light. Don't just argue with them, inform them. Because just as You want your vote to count because you've thought about it. You want the other people who are voting to think about it too. Just yelling at each other on Facebook or on Twitter is not going to do it. Be the light. Which means you got to speak the truth. We must not be afraid to speak up for the values that we believe in. What? Non-Christians have no problem speaking up for the values that they have. Why should we be embarrassed to speak up for what we believe? Be the light. Not just knowing what you say, but how you act. Think about it. We're not just to be the light in what we say and how we speak. We need to be Christian in how we act with people we disagree with. 
You see, what I'm talking about here, the values that I'm saying we should have as we go through this cycle, not everybody you talk to is going to feel the same way. People who disagree with us may get personal. They may start attacking us. And what's the danger? That we'll turn around and start attacking them then. No. We do as we want others to do to us, not as they are doing to us. Be the light. Be the light in what you say and how you say it. Number seven. Be evangelistic. What do I mean by this? This election cycle is not just about choosing candidates. It's also a great time for us to share our faith in Christ. Why is it today that we feel more comfortable telling people who we're going to vote for then we feel comfortable in telling them about Jesus. And don't tell me it's because you're afraid to speak for Christ because it's going to upset people. Because I'm telling you, talking politics will upset people too. But you understand, the first six things I gave you this morning, they're important for number seven. How can we tell people about Christ if we're not living like Christ? How can we tell them the truth about Jesus when we're lying about our politics? Why should people believe us that we're informed when it comes to the Jesus stuff when we're an idiot when it comes to the politics stuff? If we don't know what we're talking about with the politics, why should anybody believe us when we talk about Jesus? Which is a good reason, if you don't know what you're talking about, how about shutting up? Whereas someone said a long time ago, better to keep your mouth closed and have people think you're stupid than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. If you don't know what you're talking about, be quiet. But how can we lead others to put their hope in God when we're running around like chicken little? Oh, what are we going to do? America's doomed. Let people see that you have hope. That you believe in God. Not in Washington, D.C. I see Christians today who are boldly sticking out their necks saying they're voting for this guy or that guy. There's nothing wrong with that but it sure would be nice if we were just as loud and speaking up for Jesus, sharing the gospel. But when it comes to sharing the gospel, we got to love our enemies. Now listen to me. That's not saying that people who disagree with us politically are our enemies. I'm just saying if we're supposed to love our enemies, then surely we're to love those who just disagree with us politically. we got to love people no matter who they vote for. we got to love people even when they, oh my gosh, vote for Bernie Sanders. Because we're not called to love just people 
who agree with us politically. We're called to love everybody. This is a huge opportunity for us to share Christ. We're talking, people. America's got a conversation going. We do. It's not a good conversation, but we got a conversation going here. Let's take advantage of it. Let's tell people about Jesus. Hey, it's 1120. We're in church. How about if we get to the Bible? Why not? It's a sermon, right? Open up your Bibles. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you didn't come to church today just to hear politics. Amen. So let's get into the Bible for a second. Don't look in that book in front of you for any verses that tell you how to vote. They're not there. You see, the Bible knows nothing of elected politicians. The Bible knows about rulers, kings, people who are appointed by kings. I don't know of any verse in the Bible that talks about elected representatives. It's not there. In the Bible, we're told to submit to rulers. We're told to pay our taxes, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, Jesus said. We're told to honor the king, to pray for the king. But there's no verse that says, here's how to vote. But while there's no verse that tells us how to vote. We are to take all of the teachings of the Bible and apply them to our voting. We are to take the Bible, which talks about our faith generally, and apply it to this issue specifically. So turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Page 958 if you're using the Blue Bible. One verse. All we're going to look at, we're not even going to look at the whole verse. Romans, First Corinthians, I'm thinking Wednesday night. First Corinthians 10. Gets you confused there, aren't you? First Corinthians, the same author, Paul. Verse 31. The last part of that verse, Paul says, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. People, you see the problem today with politics is politics is driven by one thing. Selfishness. What are politicians doing? Yeah, 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 I get it. They're promising to do what's best for us. What are they doing? They're doing what's best for them. Over 90% of politicians who run for re-election get re-elected, right? And they do that by doing what's best for them, not doing what's best for us. And we get mad at all these bums in Washington because of, well, they're just bums. Well, how come we keep re-electing these bums then? We complain about these selfish politicians who only care about themselves as we get poorer and poorer and they get richer and richer and then we can't wait to get to the voting booth to put them right back in. And here's why, people. 
Because those selfish bums that we complain about, listen to me, they get reelected because they promise us free stuff. Listen to me. They get reelected because we're selfish. And we want the free stuff that they promise us. How else do you explain it? We're not happy with them, but we keep putting them right back in. Because they keep promising to do what we want. Are you for a candidate today? Because you think his policies are right and good for America? Or because he's promising to do something that you want for you? You see, is God pleased when we're continuing to vote for politicians for selfish reasons? Is that for the glory of God or for us? Did America become a great nation because everybody was looking at what the government could do for them? Or were we actually trying to make our country great? Social Security is going broke. Folks, that's not debated. There are no economists anywhere who will tell you that Social Security is not going broke. It is. The only debate is when. Now, of all the leading candidates for this presidential cycle, who has said they're going to do anything about fixing Social Security? Name one. What is our response to this problem with Social Security? We keep voting in politicians who promise not to touch it. Because if they say they're going to do anything to Social Security, people won't vote for them. That's selfishness. Listen to me. How does Social Security work? Social Security works by all the people who are working paying into a system so we can afford to pay out the benefits. We know Social Security is going broke. We know it. Which means we are taking Social Security taxes from younger people to afford the benefits we're giving to seniors today when we know full well that Social Security will not be there for those younger people who are paying into it now. You know what that's called? That's called stealing from one generation to give to another generation. How do we think it brings glory to God to by law tell younger people they must pay into a system to support other people when we know full well it won't be there for them when they get older? Because i got to tell you folks, those of us who are old enough that the system won't be bankrupt by the time we get to be there? I don't care. Not my problem. (laughs) I bet you'd think differently if you were 20 years old today. How do we think it brings glory to God to perpetuate a system that steals from one generation for another generation? And we've got politicians who won't even talk about that. Do 
This is what we're supposed to do, folks. We're supposed to take our faith and apply it to every aspect of our life, even politics. We don't just shine the truth of God on some areas of our life. We shine it on all things. We are to live out our faith in everything. We're not just to have faith. We're to live our faith. And if we're not living our faith, do we really have it? Struggle. I want you to struggle with your vote this year. And I'm telling you, unless you're going to go in there and flip a coin, you are going to struggle. How many of us have prayed, God, I hope they have on the ballot none of the above. (coughs) Folks, it's not supposed to be easy. If it's easy, you're probably not thinking enough. You're just voting reflexively the way you always do. I know you're dying for me to tell you who to vote for, so I will. I will. There are some preachers who will tell you who to vote for, so I will too. Vote for the one that God tells you to vote for. Amen. You investigate, you study, you pray. You know the issues. You know where the candidates stand. And you bring your values to bear. You vote how God leads you to vote. Not for selfish reasons. but because you really believe this is what's right. Are you with me? And if we do what's right, it may not be what's best for us. But that's okay. We are to surrender every part of our life to Jesus Christ. So do it. Which, by the way, is the gospel. The gospel is to inform every part of our lives with the truth of Jesus Christ. Be involved. Don't just stay home. You hear people say, well, I'm not going to vote for any of them. That's a vote. That's a vote to let other people decide. Is that a good example for our children and grandchildren? Well, I'm not doing it. I'm just... Done with it. No. Struggle with it. Pray about it. Work at it. And then vote. Let God lead you. That's why we say, Jesus, be the center of my life. And let people know, I'm voting for this guy because I think his values line up with my values as a Christian. I told you who to vote for, and let me tell you who's going to win. You know who's going to win? The one that God lets win. The one that God already knows. God's not in heaven just biting his nails. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? God's just fine. And God wants us to be fine too. Just relax. No one is going to become president unless God signs off on it. Relax. It'll be okay. 
Be the light. I've been trying to do this on Facebook. I don't know if anybody even follow me on Facebook. I've been dumping all kinds of political stuff on there. Have you noticed? I try to be even-handed. I dog all of them. I post one thing and people say, well, you're for this guy. And I post something, oh, you're for that guy. I'm like, ha, 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 you don't know. Just be fair. Get the light out there. Let them see that you're not a Christian knucklehead. They have this idea, the world has this idea that Christians are stupid. And we do our best to prove them right. Don't be that guy. Don't be that woman. Be the light. Let people see that you really are living out this stuff in your life. I like to engage people so you can see how to engage people and do it right. We don't have to cuss at people. We don't have to tell them they're stupid. We can engage them on an intellectual level, on a spiritual level, and say, you know what? This is what I think God would have me to do. But you better be able to back it up. Be the light. Does God care who you vote for? Yes. Now get it right. Let's pray.